0: One who sells wine to his friend and it turns into vinegar. So after the lokeh, the buyer poured the wine into his own his own jugs, it turns into vinegar. So of the of the seller is not responsible by to compensate the buyer. Since Bishas the time of the sale, yayin haye it was wine. So the maicher can tell the seller, the seller can tell the buyer, kankaneche, it was your jugs that caused it to turn into vinegar, and therefore it's not my problem. However, im nishir if the wine was left in the seller's jugs, so the gemara explains, im vizman she that the time that the buyer was buying the wine, he tells the seller, she-kodeh otol I'm buying it for a tafsha for a stew meaning that I'm just going to use it a little bit by a little bit. I've got to drink it all, you know, in one meal at the shabbosuda. I'm using it for cooking. So I'm going to put it back on the shelf, use it a little bit, put it back on the shelf, use a little bit. So if that's the case, and he expressed that to the seller, and then the wine turned into vinegar, the seller has to compensate him but if he doesn't tell, if the buyer does not tell the seller that he needs it for a stew, for a taf shil, then any of the seller does not have to compensate him. Because the seller can tell the buyer, you should drink it right away, and don't leave it on your shelf until it will turn into vinegar. And the Mishnah continues, Now if the seller knows that his wine will turn into vinegar, and the buyer tells the seller that he needs the wine for tavshah for cooking. Ha'indulah shows us to leave it on the shelf for a long time. So now, even though the buyer poured it into his own jugs, it's a mistaken sale. Because the seller, the meicher, should have notified the buyer that this wine is it will not last a long time, and he didn't. And therefore, it's a he gets his money back. I'm telling you, this is wine, which is diluted with some with spices, <coughs> kind of like preservatives. That it keeps the wine strong until the summer. So so the sellers to guarantee the wine will stay good until Shavuos and onward the wine will be it will get ruined because of the heat of the summer. But until shavuos, the seller has to guarantee the wine will stay good. Now if the, uh, if the buyer expresses and says yain yashan I'm sorry, if the seller tells the buyer yain yashan ani I'm selling you yain yashan old wine. So then he has to provide a Michel Eshtakad. The seller is obligated to provide a wine for the buyer, Manashana Shabbat from the previous year. Umi Yushan. if the seller says that Yain it's like a stronger lashon uh, of old, so that Michel Shaloshan has to be three years old. Hainu, Menashanah from the year Shelefne Eshkar before the previous year. Meaning Shadintu comes that you have Shaloshana three years in Mahshanashba together with the year that you're standing in. So it's two years ago, last year, and this year, it's going to be three years. Sukkus, and the wine has to stay strong up until Sukkus. Uh, this is what we mean when we say the word that the wine should stay old for three complete years. And up until Sukkus would be three complete years. Mishnah, Dalit. One who sells a place for to, to his friend in order to build a house. I'll explain what this house is. It's a base Chasas Lubno. It's a house for his son that's getting married. The or one who accepts upon himself he's like a contract, he accepts upon himself to build it for his friend. What? A base basas Libno a home near the uh, house of this fellow. Hudno that his son should live there after he gets married. So that was the middle, you know, the son would get married, and then he would get a home near the near his father. Or a home that his daughter, who's a widow, should live, uh, should live in. And the war explains why don't we just put it together? Why is it separate, um, separate lines? So it's coming to teach us that as long as his daughter is married, it's not the derech for the son-in-law to live near the father-in-law. But now that the son-in-law died, so then we want the daughter to live, um, now that the son-in-law died, we want the daughter to live close to her father. So now Bona. So in either case, the lokeach, the one that's buying it, who's building it for his son or for his daughter, or the one that accepts upon himself to do it for his friends, to accept, accept the job. So Bona, he builds arba amos al shesh, a four by six house. Four amos by six amos. Shekach gadlam shall bais That was the normal size of a bais khasnas, of a house for your son that's getting married, or bais or a house for your widowed daughter to live near you. This is Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Four by six amos is like eight by uh, by 12 feet, roughly. Rabbi Shmuel says, Rabbi like a cattle house. This is not a dear-ass uh, place where a person can live. She kind of wrote to of refus Akiva. One who wants to build a Rabbi Akiva, a cattle house, but in the Arba, also, she builds a four by six, whereas a regular house, so you have to go, you got to make it much bigger. So Rabbi argues on uh, Rabbi Akiva. What about another case? A base, uh, bias Khatan. One who wants to build, who wants to live in small house, and he wants to build a small house. It's not near any other house, like the base Khastas or the base By When you were building the house for your son that's getting married, or for your widowed daughter, these houses were right near the house of the parents. This is a, that was a previous case. Here is building a regular small house. It doesn't have to be near anything. For example, his friend says, make for me a house. Ariyakh al the contractor, he can make the smallest house he wants. So what would this size be? This size would be bonus shesh al It would be a six by eight amos house. Now if he says gadal, he says, I want you to build for me a big house. So then he builds a stam gadal would be shmoneh al eight by ten amos. Troclan, if he says, I want you to build for me a troclan, this is an ulam, a hole. So he builds an eser al Eser, a ten by ten amos, a hole. Now that's going to be the dimensions. What about the height? So, Rumo, the height of these buildings is kechazi Arkai ukechazi Kekhatsi Rachbai. It's half of its length and half of its width. Machtsas Airech ke'achas, together, meaning by the bias Katan, the dimensions were 6 by 8. So, 6 by 8 is 14. Half of 14 is 7, so the height is 7 amos. Bias Gadal was 8 by 10. 8 by 10 is 18. Half of 18 is 9 amos. 9 amos would be your, your Rumo, your height. Traklin was ten by ten. Half of 10, half of twenty would be ten amos. Now that, that, that would be your height. And R' whatever, what's the proof? The hegel, the hegel of the Beis Hamikdash that Shlomo Malch built, The length was forty amos. The width was twenty amos. Forty plus twenty is sixty. So its height was thirty uh, amos, half of its uh, length and width combined. Everything's like the building of the Hechal. Meaning, there's two different ways to learn this. Some of our Rishim explain that the Mishnah is coming to teach you. That, we're bringing this proof of the Rila from the Harizu, This is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel Gamliel, who says everything goes like the building of the Hechal. Whereas others explain that Rabbi Shmuel is actually coming to argue on Tanakama, and he's saying it to me, like in wonderment. Does every house have to be like the building of the Hikel? No! Everything goes depending on what the minute is in that city. And therefore, Rav Hashem will be arguing on Tanakama. So two different ways to learn this last part of the Mishnah. And with that, we conclude Mishnah Dalit.